Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled Prom Again. We had Prom Night. Yes. We had prom Again. It was more like Prom Night. And prom night have, and, now and now it's now, prom again. <laughs> so, uh, so we've had the uh, two-part... Uh, two-part series, I guess, of the prom adventures. I'm a little disappointed it, it isn't a trilogy. Uh, we, didn't get, we, we didn't get the final prom. but Prom uh, part three, Revenge of Prom. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't get the final part of the trilogy, but we did get a two-part uh, directed by uh, Kyler Lee uh, this yes. episode. So very exciting. So we have a lot to talk about regarding this week's episode, but first we need to, but first we need to get to the news. All right, so we have two news items. We haven't had a lot of news lately, but according to Deadline.com, this information is very important. Uh, Supergirl's final season will return because it's taking a break. The, t- the, TV- a break. the TVD hiatus has now uh, uh, determined, I guess, when it, when it will return. <laughs> so it's going to return. Uh, season six will return with new episodes on Tuesday, August 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So they're switching... <laughs> The time slot again on us. So we're back to wait to wait Tuesday, but then it's going to be at nine. Is it? Is it the same time? What? No, it's the same time. It's It's the the same same time, right? Okay, we're the same time. I'm I'm goofing up. I was. I got excited for a second. I was like, can we? Can we retake our time slot? (laughs) No, of course not. No. And I, I feel like. I feel like. Listen, here's the thing. I think what I did is I created a war with the Supergirl scheduling department. I'm sorry. And maybe we should take that out of our intro because they, I feel like almost purposefully scheduled the return of Supergirl during my honeymoon. Oh, that's rough. So, um, but uncool. <laughs> they're really, really getting, getting to you. Um, but that's okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm live streaming on vacation, but I'm not going to expect you to live stream on your honeymoon. I would not do that to you. Just that like in a pool happen. in Mexico on my phone. Like, <laughs> hey, a margarita in hand. I don't even know what happened in the episode. That would actually be a great live stream. <laughs> then it becomes like our Legends, like Drunk Sarah episode where I'm like, I'm like, what happened with Supergirl? 
<laughs> oh, that would be so fun. But I'm not going to make you do that. That is not going to happen. So we'll probably <laughs> we'll, we'll probably be uh, delayed a couple of weeks when the show comes back. But you know what? They didn't consult us. So we, no, they didn't. We we were available this whole time to be consulted. They took our time slot. <laughs> They're <laughs> scheduling during my honeymoon. It's rude. It's rude. <laughs> it is rude. I feel like that is not polite. Uh, so that is what is happening. We finally have a return date for Supergirl, which is uh, a substantial amount of time away. Uh, so, so, so I don't know what we're going to do. Do you know how many episodes there are in this season? I think 20. So when's this ending? Is it November? Is it December? <sighs> it could be into <laughs> into the fall because it's going to have... 13 I, episodes when it comes back? I wanted to make it into 2022. I hope they do another hiatus. <laughs> Let's keep this going. <laughs> Supergirl is never going to end. They're going to take a break in three episodes uh, into the, the return, and then they're going to take another six months break. It's just, it's going to continue to go. They're never going to let it die. I would like this to like continue on for so long that all the actors are doing different projects and they're like, wait, is that, is that, that show still on? <laughs> yeah. So you are correct. I believe, uh, cause I, my time slot, uh, brain, my time zone brain is kind of mixed up right now. So I'm trying to remember like, when does the show actually air? Because I've been watching it on a delayed kind of situation. So yeah, You're on it's, vacation time. I'm on vacation time. So, so, yeah, so it, it will be in the same airing time slot, but uh, I guess we'll still be on Thursdays for a recording time. Still mad about that. <laughs> How dare they? So we'll have, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for three months, uh, podcasting-wise. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have some fun surprises, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, so that's if you were concerned about uh, Supergirl's final season and when it was returning and finishing up uh, Tuesday, August 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Cool. And we have some other news. I think it was just today that Melissa Benoist uh, announced that she's now an author. She tweeted, I'm so thrilled to share that I'm publishing my first book with my sister, uh, Jessica Benoist, and author uh, Mariko uh, Tamaki on October 19th. Uh, Haven's Secret is the first in our middle grade fantasy series from Abraham's Kids about two sisters with extraordinary powers. So you can pre-order it now and the link to do so is in our live stream video description and will be available in the show notes of the audio version of this podcast episode. And if you recognize that name, which I do, it's because I read one issue of Supergirl being super and she was the, uh, the artist on it, right? Uh, was she the artist or the writer? Oh, no, I've gotten something wrong. <laughs> I, I, well, because we haven't covered it intentionally because we're trying to wait until we have uh, the right time. To oh, we're going to have we so can, much time. We're going to have so much time. Maybe, maybe this will be one of the things that we do. I'm trying to find out if anybody in the chat knows. Uh, she wrote it. Uh, it was written by her. And then oh. the art was Joelle Jones. So me yeah so that's a good team up actually so uh so it, that's cool that she's teaming up with a, a supergirl writer 
And uh, the the premise of the book sounds pretty familiar about two sisters. Yeah. It seems like something, something <laughs> she, that Supergirl fans might be able to relate to or like. <laughs> she's she's writing it with her sister about sisters. It's uh, all it's all sisters all the way down on this one. <laughs> after a show uh, that she was on, which uh, heavily focused on some sisters. So, yeah. So that's exciting for her. And uh, you can definitely go click on the link and pre-order it if you like. Because from what I understand understand about books pre-ordering pre-ordering is very important um uh, it kind of helps with their book sales and all of that kind of thing so if you're interested in it go ahead and pre-order it and uh, check it out so that's very exciting so we're getting uh, the first glimpse glimpse of uh what melissa benoist is going to do or at least partially what she's going to do um uh post supergirl so that's very exciting that she is now an author. So congratulations. She, she is like a quadruple threat at this point. She can she can sing. She can act. She's got a production company. She's a, a publishing a book. She's been a director. So yeah, <laughs> she's her life makes me tired. So she's really <laughs> she's really got it all. <laughs> Yeah, so she's got a lot under her belt. So that's awesome. So maybe that will, will be one of the things that we uh, try to do here on Supergirl Radio. So we will uh, maybe read that book and discuss I it. I mean, it is a middle school book, so I feel like we we can do it. <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds like something I might be able we're gonna to power finish. through that. I feel like it'll be a little bit, uh, it'll be a, an easier read than our last book club book, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but will it be as... Uh, uh, trippy, I guess, is is the right way. <laughs> I, I want there to be um, a lot of Ram Dass facts in it for no reason at all. <laughs> Ram Dass. Good times. Yeah, so we will uh, maybe read that in the future. All right, well, let's talk about Supergirl uh, because that is why we are all here to talk about the uh, season six episode of Prom again. So here is the official description. Quote, part two of the flashback episodes pick up where things left off. Young Kara, guest star is Isabella Vidovich experiences kryptonite for the first time. Nia and Brainy are trapped by eight uh, invading aliens and a young cat Grant guest star Eliza Helm may be the reason Supergirl never gets out of the phantom zone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So where to start? Um, I guess since there were, there were a lot of Danver sisters in this episode, uh, I guess we could start there. So Morgan, what did you think about uh, young Kara and young Alex in this episode? I really like them in this episode. I feel like Kara got a little bit more um, emphasis in this one than than maybe in the in the last one. The actresses that they have playing these uh, young versions of the characters are just like spooky. They're so good. It's <laughs> I was, it make, like, almost makes me angry. I'm like, you're you're so good. Like every time <laughs> they would they would show little uh, little Kara, I'd be like, how are you not just Melissa Benoist younger? <laughs> Did you actually time travel and then I, go back and find like it, young Melissa Benoist? I feel like they if they it, listen if the writers of Supergirl had done that, they would have definitely messed up. Oh my God, is the pandemic their fault? <laughs> It might be. Because <gasps> I was going to say, they would definitely mess up the time stream. They do not understand time travel. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that they they did a really good job in this episode. I thought that it was um, it was nice to have those moments with Kara and Alex where they kind of open up to each other and talk about their relationship, not just kind of like what's going on in their lives. But, you know, Alex telling Kara that she you know, went to college and kind of got away from that protector role that she had kind of taken on after their, after her father disappeared. 
and being afraid of having to go back into that role when she saw that, you know, Kara was supering around town with Kenny, but, uh, but, but, you know, believing in Kara's abilities and, and trusting in Kara. I think that that was, you know, we're seeing a different version of the relationship than we see in current day, but we see some of the, the same, the same ways that they relate to each other that Alex really does believe in Kara. Yeah, I really like that scene in the, I don't want to say car, I guess it was more of like an SUV, some sort of <laughs> automobile. Uh, but I, I thought that was a really nice scene where she says, you know, I was really proud of you. You're amazing. Um, so I thought they they did a, a good job of showing that contentious side and then also showing how Alex kind of came around. And I, I want to give it up to, I know we talk about the young car a lot, but the young Alex uh, young Alex was, is so good. <laughs> there, there was a moment in the episode, and I have a screenshot of it just to show you what I'm talking about. Nice. But uh, she like pulled her jacket off, like kind of flipped it behind her, and then put her hands on her hips. And I was like, oh my gosh, Kyler Lee does that all the time. She that's I, so I mean, true. That was just something that like when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, it, it, it was like a small, small thing, but uh, but that, that like, seemed very Alex to me. I feel like sometimes when they cast younger char- younger actors for the characters, you can kind of tell that the younger actors like maybe watched an episode or two was like, I got this. But these girls, <laughs> these girls, they had notes, they had Google Docs, I'm sure. They I'm were sure. like they were freeze framing because they got the manner down so well it's it like was spooky yeah the young alex even has and the same with isabella as as cara they they have the cadences of the way they speak down as well yeah. which is very difficult so i i think that's really impressive um and i i really i was happy to see a lot of development for cara it, it was a lot of uh cara in terms of her as an individual character, but then it was also a lot of Car and Kenny as well. Uh, and there was some Car and Alex development that went on as well. So she had a lot of relationships that she was um, uh, a part of in this episode. But I really liked seeing a lot of emotion from Kara. She had a lot to deal with. It wasn't a very easy... Th- I like it when my favorite characters <laughs> are put through the ringer. And so I like, you know, she had to punch a meteor. She had to go through... Uh, kryptonite, uh, I guess, poisoning. She had to sort of break up with her boyfriend. Like, it was all very emotional. Well, so all, I was really proud of her. It was a tough prom again for, for Kara, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> he almost got out into the world and taken in by the police. I mean, it was a rough, oh my God. rough was, night. Some dra- there was some drama there for, for <laughs> Kara, I think. <laughs> no, but I, I do think that, like, you know, compared to last week's episode, which I also really enjoyed, but I think this one was felt more car centric, I think than, than last week's. And it, it really, and I don't know, maybe like she probably got the same amount of screen time, but it just felt like they used that screen time really well to explore her character. The only thing that I questioned about young Kara is, uh, so this is her first experience post-crisis with kryptonite. Uh, she had never experienced kryptonite before. Um, and it didn't seem in my opinion to bother her all that much. Uh, I would think that your first encounter with kryptonite would be like the worst one because it's, you know, your first, first like experience what's going with- on. Yeah. yeah. Like I felt like she wasn't confused enough by what was happening. I feel like if they had like upped her confusion, like I don't understand what's going on. I would have, I don't know. I think it would have hit home. Cause honestly, I forgot that that was supposed to be her first encounter with kryptonite. 
Well, here, I just want to revisit uh, what we know about what kryptonite feels like, as described by Kara on the show. Because uh, this was back in the in the days in season three when Kara and Lena had that big fight about kryptonite. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in Shelter from the Storm, Supergirl tells Lena that it, kryptonite is the one substance on Earth that can kill her. That kryptonite makes her feel like her skin is going to be seared off her bones and like nails run through her blood. And it's so lethal to her that Supergirl can't risk encountering it by mistake. So I feel like, I don't know, I kind of wanted a little more like really like painful, like kind of, you know, sound effects or something. Like I, I didn't really get the sense like she was, you know, about to die. Yeah, she essentially. Seemed- she seemed honestly like pretty chill with it. Like it wasn't her, <laughs> wasn't her favorite thing that was happening to her, but she was like, she was just really going to like, you know, walk it off basically. I, I, I agree. Like it was the, the pain level I think was kind of off, but, but also like when you think that this is her first experience with kryptonite and she has no idea like what it is or why it's affecting her. And she just seemed to really roll with the punches. I, I get that young Kara <laughs> was, was a, uh, you know, she she was uh, she was hopeful uh but that was maybe too much like there i feel like there should have been especially cuz they've established like this is you know her first experience with kryptonite and then i completely forgot it because it's like not not mentioned she's like oh this weird meteor <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just thought it was a little strange i was expecting maybe a little more uh drama about how painful it was but she like she picked up kenny's boutonniere it was no big deal uh, so that that was the one thing that stuck out to me that I wish had been a little uh, more prominent was her pain with the kryptonite. Uh, but I guess uh, she got her moonlight and that's all she needed. So she was, <laughs> which was actually pretty clever. I thought that, that was, was a great. Good, yeah, uh, I actually checked around with some Superman uh, experts that I know and tried to see if the moonlight thing had been used in comic book stories and they didn't know of any instance of that so this may be the first time that the uh moonlight situation uh was used which uh moonlight Mm. is actually reflections of the sun i believe yeah so it makes sense it makes sense uh i like how she recharged herself like a battery she was like ah (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know why she needed to it wasn't like the kryptonite was hurting her i'm just Uh, i didn't understand why she didn't like just run outside and roll around in the grass (laughs) i mean she could have we've established the grass is gonna work (laughs) yes if you just take it if you just take it it's there for the taking (laughs) cara there was a lot of grass around uh so she could have used it um were there any other aspects of young cara and uh young alex that you wanted to talk about um i'm trying to think because i really did like the car and alex stuff so much uh, and their younger, their younger selves. I thought that the the Car and Kenny stuff was really interesting. Um, I like that when Alex was like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, you know, I kept forcing you to talk to him about, you know, uh, college next year." And Car was like, "Yeah," like like she totally hadn't though. <laughs> I was like, "She's like, no, it's fine. It's like it's fine because you're avoiding it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I'm proud that Car actually. Told told him how, you know, she felt about her future and what she wanted to do. And she was really honest with him. And he t- he took it mostly like a champ. Like, he was like, I have these things going on in my life, too. So, no big deal. So, yeah, I handled I liked, it very maturely. I like the way that they handled that conversation where it was like a semi-breakup, but not quite, but 
pretty much kind of where they were like, you know, kind of acknowledging the ways that they've grown because they've known each other. And and I, I like that. And, and them being able to say, like, I'm a different person because I was in this relationship with you. And now, you know, I kind of have to explore things and go on my own way. And, and I loved them having Cara talk about how a lot of things happened that weren't her plan like that that she yeah. didn't really have control over i think that was the kind of the conversation that i took away the maybe even the most out of the whole episode was Kara saying like i didn't choose midvale like i just you know i just kind of ended up here and i didn't choose all these things and and now i really want to make choices for myself and see where that takes me and and i thought that that was a really interesting take on her character and not a way that i've thought about her character before but yeah i mean i she didn't choose a lot of the things that she kind of got handed to her. And it's not like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it is kind of like you can't choose your family. Right. But like, this wasn't quite her family and she kind of just kind of voiced it off. Uh, Clark was kind of like, I'm busy here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give you to these people. You'll and love them. I, I swear you'll love them. You'll love them. Bye. <laughs> and uh, and all went to Superman and Lois to have his teenagers uh, at, at, you know, 12 or whatever age it was <laughs> that he had them. But uh, <laughs> whatever the timeline tells us, uh, however long ago that was or wasn't uh, since they don't exist in the same universe. And, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I thought that that was a, a, like a cool way to look at her character and, and kind of look at her arc going back to the, the pilot, which obviously we can't anymore. Thanks, Crisis, because it's everything's different. But, uh, you know, in the pilot, she kind of, again, makes a choice to change her life. Um, but it's her choice. And so I think that there it was an, an interesting way to kind of go about that. Like she she needed to choose what she wanted to do versus just kind of going with the flow of things. Yeah, because if you think about Superman, he had the same situation where he came to to Earth in a rocket ship, but he grew up as a baby. I mean, he grew up from the time he was a baby. So a lot of the things in his life, he could make choices about, but Kara was not the same situation. So yeah, that was a good point from her. And I liked that Kenny, they they made a point for him to say her name is Kara Zorel. He didn't call her Kara Danvers which I thought was noteworthy um, that Kara Zorel is who she, you know, really is. You know, that's, that's her, her, her Kryptonian birth name. So I, I thought that that was really interesting. He didn't call her Kara Danvers. He called her Kara Zorel. I like that um, a lot because I think it also goes back to this idea of when we've seen them, but uh, cars passed before she kind of was, she was kind of lonely. The only person who really knew about her secret was Alex and they didn't always get along um, perfectly as, as a lot of sisters don't, but, but back in this post-crisis version of reality where Kenny lives and they, they get together and he knows her secret. I think that that it is kind of nice to go back to that and see like, okay, well she, there was one person who did know that, you know, she was at, she's actually cars or and not car Danvers. And didn't we talk last week about how it was weird that he didn't seem to connect the dots that Kara and Clark were cousins? She, he, but he knew that she was a Kryptonian. Yep, he sh- he sure did. Wouldn't it be common knowledge at this point that Superman was a Kryptonian? I, I'm just I'm speculating. I so one would one would think that one would think that one would think that Kenny, being really smart, would have figured that out. Um. 
They they never really followed up on that. Uh, but I just <laughs> I was like, oh, he knows at least she's Kryptonian. So there's that, I guess. Uh, so that was really interesting. And uh, one of the things that <laughs> that kind of bothered me about uh, Kara, just in the way it was written, is you know I have this thing about when they say the word you know, whatever word it is 10 times in an episode, it drives me crazy. They <laughs> they said the word supering seven times. Oh my God. Like, yeah. They said have... supering so much. It was starting to really get on my nerves. It, yeah. It was driving me nuts, but I think the idea, uh, so Kara says young Kara said, basically she shows an interest in supering in space, which I thought was really interesting because Supergirl, as we know here on Supergirl Radio, has done that a lot in the Rebirth comics. She's been out in space on a lot of her comic book adventures. And it seems like DC Comics wants to keep doing that with her. And uh, I wondered, is that going to be maybe Kara's endpoint on the show? Is she going to be uh, adventuring into space? I honestly thought the same thing. That line to me really stood out with her being like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool to go into space? Like, not yet. You know, it's there's good things over here. But it kind of made me think, well, not yet, but maybe, you know, the, the show is ending and space is out there. And uh, the CW does not have budget for that. But guess what does? Off-screen bill where she will live <laughs> afterward. <laughs> so I can, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of speculation, at least, you know, among our listeners and, and ourselves that she might end up going into the future or doing something with the Legion or doing something in space at the end of the show. And I can totally see it. And I thought that line, that line to me went, made me go, hmm. Yeah, I was sort of seeing uh, the Kara Kinney stuff like um, Supergirl and uh, Zender Cole in uh, Rebirth, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how they're sort of like adventuring in space. So I, I don't know. I just I was like, you know, if this was my story, I'd probably at this point bring adult Kenny back into the black back into play. And then maybe at the end, they decide they're going to go off and have adventures in space because Brainy had that talk with him, which seemed like, why would you have these conversations if you're not going to develop it any further? But he was like, it doesn't matter who, you know, how intense your adventures are. It only matters who you're with, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they made a point to have Kara tell Kenny that she loved him, which to me is pretty major. Like, I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. So I don't know. I just, I feel like if they're not going that route, why are they doing some of this? So I guess my, my question is if they're not going to bring Kenny back in, like in the future, in the present timeline, why did he survive it? It sounds terrible to say like, why no. did he survive? But like, he's, he's a fictional character. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. He's not real. Um, <laughs> but, like why, why bring that character back from the dead? Essentially? Like, what is the purpose of that at all? Narratively, there is none really. Unless, I mean, you could have these episodes without Kenny just going back in time to, uh, with a young car and a young Alex. And, right. you know, there's no re real reason like from the storyline point of view, from the season point of view to bring back Kenny and also to, to put such an emphasis on that character and, you know, have Cat Grant give him a pep talk and yeah. have Brainy give him a pep talk and, you know, and, and really kind of go into his character. He gets to tell Kara about his tough times and, and working at, you know, working and, and, and not thinking that he was ever going to meet anyone like her. And so we like we get some of his backstory too, and so it's kind of feels like, why did we do this if if he doesn't 
at least pop up in the future in some point, like in our present timeline. It's possible that'll never happen because, you know, Supergirl. (laughs) It just seems like they've done a lot of groundwork to set up for a future situation. Uh, So if they don't go that route, I I would be surprised just because it seems like you've, you've done all this work. Why not just capitalize on it? Yeah, I mean, but again, this is Supergirl, so I want to keep my expectations in check because they sometimes will set things up that I totally think that they're going to pay off, and then they're just like, <laughs> LOL, who cares about Leviathan, am I right? And I'm like, I didn't either, but you spent a whole season on it. <laughs> <laughs> also, when is Alex going to adopt that baby? When, when are we? When, are we gonna, <laughs> when is that going to happen? Uh, so Kelly's going to yeah. have to remind her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that time back in season four? We had that conversation about that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> hey, 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 Alex, just quick, quick question. Want to check in? You still want that baby? Or <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. But yeah, you're right about the Kenny uh, scene with. With uh, CJ Grant, I thought that was was really great. Um, so I guess uh, maybe <laughs> is on. that I'm so sorry. I have to pull this up. Okay, uh, Anthony in the chat says Kenny is the boss of Leviathan. <laughs> he's like, I just got to go find myself, and he's like, he takes like one step away, and he's like, myself is evil. <laughs> <laughs> we we never heard back from him. So it's, I mean. It's- what it's, has he been doing this whole time? It's just as possible as Lena Luther's mother. Dun, I mean, dun, dun. <laughs> he's a kid. Well, but it had to be a she, though. That's true. All right. Well, good, good, good call. Not, not quite. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just pulling the strings. Maybe the head of Leviathan is a woman, but like, <laughs> so, so he's like a middle manager in Leviathan, <laughs> much like Ramakan. It's like Ramakan. <laughs> the, the hierarchy of Leviathan is like a like a bunch of everybody out, everybody because Leviathan is Legion. They forgot about that immediately, <laughs> and then, and then it's like, and then I feel like it's it's probably pencil skirt. And then Ramakan, they're they're kind of fighting for what position yeah. they're going to be in. And then above them, above them is definitely <laughs> Kenny. And he's like, "You guys, you guys got to get it together. We're going to go on a we're going to go on a company retreat. We're going to do some trust falls. We're going to get you guys to stop <laughs> disagreeing." And then above him is Lena Luther's mother. <laughs> we can make a, this happen. And then, an above, and then above her is Director Bones. <laughs> Somebody please draw that diagram out for us. <laughs> just, just, just Kenny sitting there like cackling and being like, trust fall. <laughs> and nobody catches you. Nobody in Leviathan would catch you. No, that's definitely a, not. That's, that's the same. Curtis letting you fall for, for real. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, I was going to go maybe into CJ Grant, but I guess while we're talking about young car and young Alex, we should probably talk about the mission to get the DNA. So how do you think that that resolved? Well, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, all's well that ends well, (laughs) Uh, I guess. Um, How did it resolve? Magically. Uh, (laughs) in a little tight bow and nothing was the timeline was fine and even though they messed up multiple multiple things they managed to fix everything which good job guys uh go team go um however here's the thing (laughs) and you know what i'm gonna say because because you know if they can go back 
a couple of hours. See, the whole thing falls apart now, right? Because <laughs> the entire first half of the season falls apart. The whole thing falls apart. And and here's why. And here's why. And here's why. Because we can buy that you just want to go back in time to the time period of Papa Paparazzi. And <laughs> uh, and you need to get that, you know, that bloodstained uh, kryptonite. Okay, we can buy that. But then you can't say we can fix things by going back a couple hours because, yeah, you can. By going <laughs> back and slapping that thing out of Lex Luthor's hands. He's not even a superhero. He's just some dude. <laughs> Dreamer Dreamer knocked out Kara with dream energy. A Kryptonian. A Kryptonian, a Kryptonian this episode. And I, I went... A little, a little much, but all right, all right. But you're telling me that Dreamer, the one who stopped a tidal wave, can't just go shoop and knock that out of Lex's hands? You're telling me that? No, no, I don't believe it. And now you brought a drone it up. At it. She shot a drone out of the sky with her finger. Exactly. I, pew, pew, I she pew pewed a drone <laughs> right out of the sky. But but we can't go back like a couple of days and just. Like, that's the, like, come on, man. You're taking the wide, wide way around. There's a, a straight A to B here. It, that, uh, that, that actually made me angry. Uh, <laughs> just because I was like, what are we doing here? Uh, they, they initially says, Brainy initially says, there's no undoing this one. And I was like, oh, are they going to, like, have to deal with the consequences of that? That might actually be really interesting. <laughs> Um, but then they did undo it, and <laughs> they they decide they're going to go right back before Cat lets Naxum out. And uh, I just I was just like, what what are we doing here? This your your entire story just exploded. Because I think the thing is, I think the thing is, we all watch this show, and we're all willing to suspend our. I don't know what the even word is. Uh, <laughs> judgment, like yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're willing to suspend our judgment and go, okay, okay. So what we're doing is we're going back in time all the way to 2009. We're not doing this for a logical reason, but because it's fun, but <laughs> you can't then underline the easier path that you should have taken <laughs> in the episode. Cause then, cause then it starts to fall apart. I was like, I'm suspending, I'm suspending, but you're making it so hard. <laughs> I, I just wish they could have at least, explain some things because Laura makes a good point. She says, if they go back to the battle in the fortress, it breaks the number one rule that you cannot run into your past selves. If that's the case, they should have mentioned that early on as to why that was not possible. That should yeah. have actually been said, spoken in the episode because otherwise we're, we're all like, what are you doing? Um, but even then you could still do it. Dreamer could be off, uh, you know, hidden somewhere and just use her dream powers and knock it out. <laughs> The phrase I was looking for, as the chat so kindly told me, is suspension of disbelief. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, I think that we we do that all the time with these Supergirl storylines, especially as they get, you know, timey-wimey and, and, and weird. And it's like, you need the one thing for the other thing for the MacGuffin for this thing. And you're like, cool. Sure. Put them all together. Throw them in a box. I don't care. Uh, but it's you're, – you're basically – we need to know like what are the rules of time travel on Supergirl because they've used time travel before and they've gone back just a couple of minutes in the past. So is this a new post-crisis time travel rule? Because they've done that very thing that they did again in this episode. 
but that they didn't want to do to just make sure that that Lex Luthor didn't send her to the Phantom Zone. Somebody else uh, mentioned in the chat, and I'm I'm sorry, I, I can't find it. But they oh here Leslie says they could go back in time and hide the projector so Lex couldn't get it. Yeah, instead of going to 2009 to prom to get her blood, they could just go back any time before she gets sent to the Phantom Zone, grab the Phantom Zone projector, put it in a box in the back of a closet, and call it a day. Uh, it's just the time travel <laughs> stuff is so frustrating because they don't, like you, like you said, they don't set up the rules. They don't mention things. And so it just seems so silly. And I just, I, if a lot of these episodes, like these, these Midvale episodes have been better, but they still sort of feel like a rough draft. It, it feels like nobody's really gone back over it a little bit. So uh, just just to vindicate the Supergirl writers the tiniest bit, uh, Electra WWF says Brainy mentioned it last episode as the reason John couldn't go back with them. So the idea of not being able to go back in time and see yourself or interact and, with yourself. And we never saw John. So what was the point of that? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if, if just in some way they pulled John into the story just to justify that decision? <laughs> and if they went back a few hours earlier, wouldn't they have to deal with their past selves then? Yeah, I mean that is the question, right? They from were their their pet their past selves from a couple of hours earlier. Wait, they, wouldn't they still be there? It feels like they were very much running the risk of running into any of their past selves, like including Kara running into it, her past self, they do right. mention like, they're like, okay, we got to keep Kara from, you know, we got to keep it cool. We got to keep Kara over here and like whatever. But it, it just, I don't know. I don't know the the rules of time travel on Supergirl are so nebulous. It's like, if you don't want to think it through, maybe don't do time travel. <laughs> I mean, that's like the basic premise of Back to the Future is that Marty has to deal with his, especially in Back to the Future Part 2, I think it is, when he sees himself playing Johnny B. Good on the stage. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So, I just, I think it's not great. <laughs> yeah, Nicole, Nicole points out, uh, then Brainy and Nia went back to their exact timeline and played fast and loose with that principle of not seeing themselves. So, I mean, it was, uh, oh, God, Beaker. <laughs> Beaker is, is walking in front of, he, he is, needs is his he gonna moment. Run in, this is, is he, this is his time. This could, is Could he run time. into his, his past self? His, he, he sure could. He sure could. And, and he would. Uh, but no, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's really important when the plot needs it to be really important. And then it's not important at all when the plot needs it to not be important at all. There's like not a consistency there. Yeah, the time travel stuff was pretty frustrating. If you could get past all of that, it, most of it was a pretty good episode in terms <laughs> of the characters. But that I was like, what are you doing? Uh, so there was that. So I thought it was funny that we had talked about that previously in last week's episode. And then it sort of reared its head again uh, this week. So that was uh, pretty funny. Um, so were, uh, anything, anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of like, what did you think about Brainy and Nia in this episode? I guess while we're still here kind of talking about the time travel stuff. I thought they were good. I, I liked I liked the stuff that they did with Brainy and Nia in this episode. I feel like in the first episode, it was a little bit more broad comedy-esque. And then in this one, it got a little bit more into, into their their characters. And, and they got into all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of shenanigans. Um, but, but yeah, I, I liked, um, I liked them referencing the nine to five thing, but not actually singing the full song <laughs> for like, for like five minutes. Um, 
And uh, and I like I liked them uh, kind of connecting at the end and having that like nice slow dance and uh, and him having to tell her like very nicely, but like I'm sorry, you just like you can't call your mother. <laughs> and I thought that that was that part of the storyline I found very affecting the idea of like going back in your own past. And if you have like a, you know, somebody that you've lost in your family, the idea of how tempting would that be to just pick up the phone and call them? Did he tell her not to do it in this episode or did he actually advise her to call her mom? Because I thought he was like, oh, oh really? you should you should call your mom. And I was like, <laughs> wait, but what? She never, but she never did, though. So, no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. Did I miss something? I thought he was like, uh, you know, you can't call your mom. Oh, maybe I misheard that. I don't, that because I was really confused by that. I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll have a scene where she actually does call and talk to her mom. And then it never happened. I was like, what was that doing there? So maybe maybe he did say like, no, don't. OK, so don't do yeah, Electra WWF confirms uh, he told her not to call her mom. Okay. That's what I, I thought too. I was like, did he? <laughs> you can convince me of anything. <laughs> I was I was confused. I was like, wait, what? Uh, I don't um, maybe I misheard it. Um it's like wait, wait, does he want her to mess up the timeline? <laughs> What's Brainy up to? <laughs> I mean, why why not try? They've already done some other things to kind of screw with time. Um, oh, uh, uh, speaking of Nia and Brainy, Nia's uh, powers to bring things out of her dreams, I thought was very cool. And so I know I, in particular, I think we both do kind of harp on the nonsensibility of her, the progression of her powers that she can kind of do anything anytime but this is like the example of what i kind of wanted to see with her powers was like her struggling with something her trying to interpret something and then her learning how to do a new thing and i feel like we saw that with this with this case of like the the um was it the cougar or something in the the pink cougar in the cage and then and then having that nightmare and then holding it in place and then when she kind of wakes up bringing that out of the dream and realizing that she can bring things from her dream into reality which is a really cool power but like we see her progress with that and we see her learn how to do it um Unlike, you know, stopping tidal waves and stuff, which we've <laughs> never seen, which I don't feel like we got enough of background of like, wait, how, wait, how do you, har how do you harness stream energy? <laughs> like, but uh, this is an example of watching her develop a power that I think made sense, like resonated with the story and like had an emotion to it. Um, Cause that, you know, that frustration she was feeling like I should be able to interpret these dreams. I should be able to do it. And why can't I do it? And like, I need help. I thought that I, like I connected to that story of her discovering that power more than like when she can just magically do a thing because the story needs her to. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. And it was relevant to her dream powers. And so I liked that a lot. And I, I almost wish that was like all that she could do. I, I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but I kind of wish all of her powers were related to the dream and the precognition and all that kind of stuff, instead of being able to pew pew things out of the sky <laughs> and knock out car with dream energy. I, those things make her feel so much more overpowered for her to be able to take a Kryptonian down with no problem. That's a little much for me. That is a little much for me. Like even, even with Kara being weakened from the kryptonite and this being Kara's first very chill experience with it. Like <laughs> I still, I still, when she, when she knocks Kara out, I still went, yeah, really? 
okay. Yeah, <laughs> like mm, okay. I, I buy what you in- think writers. <laughs> <laughs> I buy into the dream powers way more, and I think that's way cooler for her character. But I, I can see why they want her to be a more active character and have powers that that she can do to be more active. But I think the dream powers are so much more interesting than just being able to conjure up any kind of you know. Energy, energy yeah, yeah, exactly. And we have a couple of, uh, you know, we have Martian Manhunter, we have Magan who can kind of do the like zap, zap, pow stuff. And so, and and even Brainy to a certain extent, I mean, he doesn't have like powers you can shoot out of his hands that I know of. But um, but I, I just feel like if they wanted her to to get to that point where she was like pew pewing things out of the sky, we could have gotten like this same kind of storyline for her like realizing, oh my God, I can harness this dream energy and shoot it out like a laser. And, uh, and if it connected at all into her character journey, that would have been cool. And I wouldn't have constantly been like, wait, how did she learn how to do that? <laughs> also drones, especially in 2009, probably didn't fly very long. So I can't imagine the cat would have, or CJ would have gotten it up there, uh, for, for too long. And I also had a question, somebody in the chat, if you, if you know about this, if you're an expert in this area, I had a question about video drones in 2009. Were they they a thing or were they not a thing? So I went back into the internet and uh, I found a popular mechanics article that says uh, video drones were not available to consumers back in 2009. Uh, The the article says, quote, in 2009, I dropped out of my last year of film school to pursue the whole YouTube thing. But then, uh, back then, back then, drones weren't a thing. It just wasn't an option. So this is popular mechanics saying, yeah, in 2009, video drones were not a thing. You couldn't get them. Uh, so I was like, huh, how did, how did that little kid that she took the, <laughs> the drone from, how did he get it? If the guy from popular mechanics couldn't get it, how did he get it? So I, I just had a lot of questions about the drone. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even think about the drone, like not being like widely available in 2009 but i don't you know i'm throwing my memory back and i don't really remember drones being much of a thing back then i don't i don't think that they were like a just like a widely held toy that you could (laughs) just order the military had drones sure yeah i don't know about consumer video electronics that (laughs) you could buy at best buy i don't think that was something (laughs) that you could do in 2009 um no i don't i don't think so i mean i could be wrong but i it does it felt it felt a little off for the time period even even now they're i mean the really good ones are thousands of dollars so i don't know i don't know i had a lot of questions about the drone uh but she did get it shot down by nia Um, i think it's funny that they they think that 2009 was both like way way longer ago and also not as long ago is like (laughs) some some of the references that they were making like oh yeah you know the time period of flossy and i was like like put on this giant thing and it's like but also we had these high-tech drones (laughs) i did laugh about the blackberry though i was like oh that is very 2009 (laughs) well it was funny that mitch smelled it and said hmm this doesn't smell like a blackberry. Um, uh, Louise uh, says, it's a show about flying people. Why get hung up on a drone? Because it's time travel related. That's why I get hung up on it. Um, because if it doesn't make sense in time travel, that's, I, I have a thing about that. I, and I think I, they were I, going to like great pains to be like, it's 2009. Lady Gaga is just bursting on the scene. <laughs> Ima- imagine 2009. A Blackberry was the height of technology. And it's like, also, here's a here's a high-powered drone. 
(laughs) (laughs) I just, I just kind of think, you know, you've had such a long time to be able to write these episodes and plan them out in the writer's room. I, I expect some of these things to make sense. Maybe that's just me having a pretty high standard, but I expect them to make sense. Um, okay, so I guess we've talked a little bit about C.J. Grant, so we should talk about her. Uh, so, Morgan, what were your thoughts about C.J. in this two, this uh, this final part of the two part? Well, I'm sure glad that we learned the origin story of the name Cat Grant. It was a thing that would have haunted me had we not had this <laughs> this whole storyline. How is she called Cat Grant? I would ask myself. Sure, she's called Cat Grant in the comics and the movies and the TV shows. She's never actually been called CJ Grant, but I would I needed to know the origin story of when she went from CJ to Cat. Uh, <laughs> it was just uh, we called it so thoroughly last week. What, would in, you Would you like to revisit that? So I, that would, love, it, I would in love it because our... we called it. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need to see her become Cat Grant, literally become Cat Grant, like the name Cat Grant. Like, no, <laughs> this is the her, origin of the name Cat Grant, of the, the origin right? story. Like, we're watching her become Cat Grant, like become the Cat Grant that we know. I'm assuming that towards the at, in the end of next episode, like she's going to go off to start her media empire, which she's going to accomplish in six short years. And, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> good for her we don't need her to be like and you know what i'm not cj anymore call me cat i'm gonna throw something at the tv screen because 100 that's gonna happen that's next gonna week. happen yes it's gonna happen next week and it's like we don't have to go we understand we understand we don't have to go that literal <laughs> they went that literal <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did like the close-up shot of her with the phone, uh, saying that into the phone. I, I did think that that was at least a nice shot. But yeah, they definitely did did that one hundred percent. Like, like I have no problem with her like storyline to get out of the the gossip, um, the gossip pages and kind of make her own way and 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 get out from Lois Lane's shadow and start her own, you know, journalism empire and, and things like that, you know, become friends with Oprah, Oprah eventually. Um, but, but I just didn't feel like the, the CJ to cat grant, it made me roll my eyes so incredibly hard. I was like, what, why, why is this? Why did this need to be an origin story? It's like, not everything is it's, it's like on our, our favorite show lost, when we found out how Jack got his tattoo and I said too lost, I didn't need to know that. And I didn't care. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, like not everything is a mystery that you need to unpack. Like some people are, their names are just cat. Like it's not, there doesn't need to be a backstory. It's just her name. So I thought, that, I mean, I did like the, that they, they ran a parallel to how Perry White used to treat her, which is basically giving her a nickname that's not her actual name and then consistently calling her by it. And then how Kat treats Kara in the first season, which is the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> she she also did that with uh, Kenny in this with episode. Kenny. He, <laughs> did she call him Kendall? Kendall? Yeah, Kendall. Uh, so that was pretty good. I kind of understand why they did this. At least when I'm trying to think about it from the writer's perspective, um, 
because I think that they wanted to do some kind of origin story, some sort of backstory for Cat Grant in this episode, but you only have two episodes to do it. You don't have a full season. They covered a lot of Cat Grant's backstory in season one with her ex-husbands and her sons. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot that they could do in terms of an origin story. So I guess this was kind of all you could maybe do <laughs> if you wanted to do that. And I and I think they probably wanted to have Cat Grant in these episodes because they probably can't get Callista. So they thought, well, we'll just do a young version of Cat Grant. So I can understand it from their perspective. But to your point, she could have just been Cat Grant this whole time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the name thing that made me roll my eyes and laugh. Like it was the the uh, the story of her kind of leaving the Daily Planet and setting out on her own to to create Catco. That all that stuff I actually really liked. I thought it was really well done. And the idea of like you know the way that she gave a classic like Cat Grant pep talk to Kenny uh, yes. by calling him by a name that's not his and I ignoring him when he told her that's not his actual name, and then like <laughs> being being kind of mean to him as she's building him up uh, is just very classic Cat Grant. It's like, I'm sorry, I think that was a compliment, but it sounded like an insult. I don't really know. <laughs> I think that the, and the actress was great. I thought that she was very like dead on, very Callista in her mannerisms and very, very Cat Grant-like. So I, I liked everything about the storyline and obviously seeing Cat Grant back in any form I will take because she's one of the best. But uh, but it was just it was just the name thing that like was just like what it was like gilding the lily it was one step too far it's like you don't need this you had you had it you didn't need to add on something else yeah i thought the actress eliza helm i thought she for me she was more cat grant in the second part of the two-parter than in the first part but this this time around i was like wow okay she's i mean i liked her in the first one but i thought she really came into her own as cat grant in the second episode uh so i was really enjoying her and i like the idea that she um <laughs> sort of found out about this pink cougar through the situation and she took that with her and that became part of because you see that pink cougar in catco i think even still to this day it's in that catco set um, there's a statue in there. So I, I guess they also took the time to we really need to explain why there's a, a pink cougar <laughs> a pink statue. Cougar. We need the origin story of the pink <laughs> cougar. But I, you know what? I, I, I will make a, a an even like a, a more broad old person complaint. But I feel like uh, pop culture <laughs> is just doing this a lot recently. It's like we need the origin story of how this character met this character. And I'm like, I don't know. They just met. Like, I don't need that. And they're like, no, you do. <laughs> See the first time Han met Chewie. I'm like, I just assume that they, okay. I mean, <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I would not it. it. Yeah. Give it to me, I mean, but I don't need it. I don't need it. Is the thing. <laughs> I think I feel like the um I feel like people nowadays they they feel like we need every tiny everything has to be a mystery too. It's like, ooh, that's how this happened. It's like I just assumed it did. Like I I put the pieces together in my mind it wasn't hard <laughs> solo is such a funny example to bring up because that movie also explains the reason why he's named han solo because he goes because he goes solo he's he's a he, you know he's a renegade a loner he's, but he's again solo. It was, he's it was one person right but like did you ever <laughs> he hey i'm han solo it's like i'm not like why 
<laughs> I'm gonna start, but I'm gonna start doing that when people introduce their names to me. I'm just gonna be like, "Why? What's the what's the origin story of your name? <laughs> How did you meet your best friend? Was it crazy? <laughs> Thing sometimes things just exist, and we don't need an explanation for them. But but pop culture now is like, no, you do. All right, I'll take it, but I don't need it. <laughs> well, I guess you need to storytelling wise, I guess you need to take CJ to the point where she gets the idea of having the worldwide media company and all that kind of stuff. So I guess the the name was their way of sh showing that change that she's made that change. The one thing I kind of, I kind of didn't like is that this is going to sound like I didn't like anything about Nia in this episode. Cause I actually, <laughs> I really did. But, um, and I really like dreamer and Nia as a character. I just, she basically is the reason I think that CJ gets this idea for Catco, And so, so I, I kind of didn't like that. I wanted, I wanted CJ to be able to come up with that on her own. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, um, that somebody brings this up in the chat. The fact that Nia's talk with CJ helps her become cat. Does that mean that Nia was always destined to go back in time? And this is what happens with time travel. And it's why it makes my brain hurt because I don't. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't know. I, I think cat, a cat would have always been destined to create cat co. It's just in this timeline, Nia was the one who planted that into her mind. Um, but yeah, because I, I Nia know. would it's it, it becomes a chicken and the egg, right? Because Nia would yeah. only know how to do that, would only know to do that because she's it had already been created. Cat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cat in the in the future, uh, it's it gets confusing with time travel. Uh, you know, says the person who co-hosts a time travel <laughs> <laughs> TV show podcast <laughs> on Legends of Tomorrow. But you know what? Legends doesn't care about time travel anymore. They're just pretty loosey-goosey about it. There are no <laughs> rules. The, the only rule is there are no rules in Legends. <laughs> yeah. So some of the, I mean, the, the thing I did like about Nia having that conversation with CJ is that Nia had been brought into the show because of her connection to Cat Grant. Cat Grant was the one who brought her into Catco and wanted her to be mentored by Kara. So I kind of liked that connection. Um, I just, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I just want these characters to be able to, you know, do their thing on their own, like get there on their own. Um, and there was one thing about CJ that she said, she said, I became a journalist to make waves. And I thought that line actually tied back into Nia from the episode American Alien, because Kara actually gives this speech to Nia where she says, um, uh, but once we catch ourselves, we have to jump right back out there. So you're afraid to make waves. Okay. Make them anyway, make a tsunami. So there's this uh, idea in the show that if you want to be a journalist, you got to make waves. So I liked that connection. Maybe that's just me like making that stretch that didn't need to be there, but I thought no, it I was, like that. but I thought it was interesting that they, they use that terminology of making waves uh, because it did have a tie back into season four. So that was the, <laughs> the thing I did like about Nia and CJ having that um, connection. Um, is there anything else about uh, CJ Grant that you would like to talk about? No, I think I just think that she I think that they they worked Cat Grant into this story 
really well, actually. I think that we were a little concerned that <laughs> we were going to end up getting a flashback episode that was going to be like just the origin story of Cat Grant with like with Cara <laughs> on the side. And uh, and I think that the 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 two episodes serviced all all these characters really well, actually, and, and including and especially Cara. Thank God. Um, yes. And I think that that we got some good Cara and Alex stuff in this one, especially. So I I was very happy. Yeah, I think the CJ stuff actually worked out pretty well. The only thing I think for me, I'm still kind of like, why were they here? Was the Naxa Mitch stuff? I'm still a little confused. I guess they needed to have something in a cage to make the dream work. <laughs> or or maybe they I'm, needed something to somebody to come in so something could go awry. I yeah. feel like there were a lot of other ways to do it ex instead of introducing these two characters. Can I also talk about the face that was just in the sky when his face yes. was just in the sky? <laughs> I just I just kind of like put my my hand over my face and I was just like, "Oh god, it was like secondhand embarrassment but like for the <laughs> television show." <laughs> It was not the best. It was just like, be better. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they did need some bad guys in this episode uh, because everybody, I mean, I don't know. Could it have worked if it was just CJ uh, throwing a wrench into everything? I mean, I feel like it almost could have. I think that, that they could have, they could have done something with just, with just Cat Grant and then kind of changing changing the timeline and, and her investigation and her digging, um, creating all kinds of problems. I, 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 those characters just felt like they didn't really need to be there. Like, I, I understand that they were there to kind of heighten everything and make everything a little bit more, um, dramatic. And, and I guess that they, um, they kind of, it kind of underlined like what a good guy Kenny was that he was like willing to be abducted in, uh, in Carr's place. And that, you know, that kind of spurred them to actually have that real conversation at the end of the episode. But I feel like we could have gotten there without those two characters. They, they weren't really necessary. Yeah. I just was uh, trying to think about uh, why they wanted them in there because they're not uh, really a comic book character necessarily so i don't know i just thought it was a little strange i probably would have done an episode with just cj as the antagonist but that would have been just me uh and i'm not a writer on this show so it doesn't and really it does feel like they're gonna throw in two random aliens they could have made them i don't know anybody from the comics that could yeah, be fun that would have been awesome that could have been fun for them so you know yeah Maybe, do a Wikipedia search. <laughs> maybe just open a comic book from just time one. To time. Just, <laughs> just one. Just, just one. We're not asking for much. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, I think we've sort of covered um, all of the basis here of the storyline. Um, so what are your overall thoughts? How do you think uh, Kyler Lee did with her directorial debut? Oh, I thought she did really well. I thought that that it was it was a very like a very nice looking episode. I thought that they had some like really cool shots in there and uh and some and the motion was really good. So I think that like I, every time I watch one of the episodes that's directed by one of the uh the cast members, I always feel like the performances are always really good and I think that's because they live and breathe these characters and they know them like inside and out. Yeah, the character dynamics, I think, were the really strong suit. I mean, the time travel fell apart. Uh, the, <laughs> the Maxim stuff seemed a little bit unnecessary. But the character stuff was really good. 
Um, and one of the things that I thought uh, Kyler could bring to the table that maybe nobody else could were the dynamics between Kara and Alex. And even I thought with Kara, because I, I've been kind of like disappointed that Kara doesn't get a lot of like cool moments this season. But there was one moment in this episode where uh, Kara goes on to Naxum's ship and she says, you want a Kryptonian? You got one. And she punches him. <laughs> yes, and, uh, that was amazing. And that was like a fist pumping moment for me as a super. Girl fan. I really enjoyed that. And so I think Kyler can probably lean into some of those things maybe a little bit more than maybe a, another actor would because she probably has watched Melissa do that kind of thing all the time. So I think that um, that's that's a real plus to have uh, an actor like that direct one of these episodes. So I thought she did a great job for her, her first episode directing. And I hope she gets to direct more episodes, maybe not of Supergirl, but maybe of something else. Something in the else. A plus, Tyler. <laughs> a plus did a great job. So I, I think that there is an important thing that that we do need to do before we wrap up our opinions, and that's okay. uh, I think we need to board room a ballroom those pl- prom looks. Oh, oh, hang on. Okay, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I was not prepared for this, but I'm getting, <laughs> but I'm getting prepared. All right, let's do it. And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So not specifically about Lena Luther this time. <laughs> no, but and I don't have any screenshots, so uh, forgive me uh, for not having any overlays. But which which outfits uh, or 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 looks would you like to talk about? Oh, I'm breaking up a little bit. Oh. I can hear you. Okay, we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> I like that I have the Wi-Fi problems. You're on vacation, beautiful I'm on Hawaii. an island. <laughs> You're on an island. But my Wi-Fi just I'll can't take back. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much calmer now just looking at that. It's so beautiful. <laughs> um, so what did you think of Kara's prom look? Because I... I don't want to be too too harsh on it, but I did hate it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's a she's like a six a 17, 18 year old girl. She's, seven, not she's like 17. Yeah. 17, right? She's a 17 year old girl. She's not a sister wife. Like what is like, <laughs> why is it so long? Why are the sleeves so long? Why does the material look so he- heavy and satiny? It did look heavy. Like yeah. it can't. Like, like it can't move. I didn't even question that she could punch a meteor and that there would be no scratch on that dress <laughs> because, yeah, nothing's getting through that thing. <laughs> it did look a little heavy and she did have pants, it looked like, underneath it, which was uh, interesting. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like it, there was like a pair of pants and then like the dress kind of came over it. Uh, which I thought was uh, unusual. It did sort of look like some of the prom dresses uh, from my high school experience. So I will say, but that was not 2009. I was about to say in 2009. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so I, I did think it it had a resemblance of a prom dress, although one could argue that it also looked like a bridesmaid's dress. Um I, yeah, I'm not sure. That's, there's, there's a fine so, line in there. <laughs> that's the bridesmaid's dress that you put a girl in when you're like, don't you dare outshine me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cover you head to toe in burlap if I need to. <laughs> I will be the most beautiful this day. Because uh, <laughs> it was just like, she's such, the actress is so lovely. And that just the dress, and I was like, is this one of those situations where it's like she doesn't understand earth fashion quite yet? (laughs) She's like still getting the hang of it. She's like, you know what all the girls in my school are going to be wearing? Like 
long sleeved dresses made out of a, a heavy, heavy satin polyester. It's like, <laughs> girl, no. <laughs> I was going to maybe suggest that maybe they chose that because of the Vancouver cold. Maybe it was, oh. you know, they had to wrap her up so that she wouldn't be so cold. Maybe she couldn't have like sleeve, just, you know, sleeveless they, dresses in the cold. Did they just not care about Nicole then? <laughs> well, she had a jacket on in a lot of scenes. That's true. That's true. She um, did have a jacket. So in direct contrast to Cara's outfit, which I did not well, uh, did not care well, for. Hold, hold that thought because Claudia also offers an actual storytelling reason oh. for the dress. Uh, she asks, was Cara's prom dress meant to mirror her Supergirl suit with pants and a cape in the future? Okay. I, I like that interpretation. It makes it a little better. <laughs> uh, Linda here in the chat says, like a Barbie dress from the uh, from the 1950s. And yes, that's kind of exactly what it looked like. <laughs> but I can, uh, I like the interpretation. Listen, that dress was serving us like a, her complete character arc from, <laughs> from skirt to pants, I guess. It, it was about her future. It, so, was, it was. So it's just for foretelling and foreshadowing her future. Uh, Nia, in contrast, I loved her prom outfit, her prom dress. She looked really, really pretty. Uh, when when Brainy turns around, it was like, ooh. I was also like, ooh. <laughs> so sparkly. So blue. <laughs> like, I really, I really loved it. And then later on, when she puts that, like, leather jacket over top of the prom dress, like, she was serving me some real, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer going to kill the master vibes <laughs> in, in that, <laughs> if you're a Buffy fan, you understand. But I was like, this is very, I love this. I love this choice for her. I love this journey, this character journey. <laughs> Maybe she can take Kara aside and be like, girl, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked Nia's dress and it was very sparkly and very pretty. Um, but I also, oh, this is, I'm so trying not, so hard not to be negative about the dreamer stuff in this episode. But it did bother me a little bit that Brainy and Nia got a prom dance. Like they had the romantic prom. And, it does feel and like Cara, it does Cara, feel like whose prom it was Kara's prom, and she didn't get that like prom moment. Well, she didn't even really make it into prom proper because <laughs> I assume that they they couldn't afford or they didn't want to have just a bunch of video monitors on the wall uh like for covert protocols they were like we can't get them into prom because we'll need too many extras yeah but that would have been funny true. if they walked into prom and it's just a bunch of like stand-up video monitors of people <laughs> dancing well well couldn't you have Cara and kenny talked about going to stargazing and then watching monty python couldn't you have them like out in the woods like up in the stars dancing in the i mean that would have been so romantic and cute i I'm, I, I'm I'm trying not to harp on the Nia stuff, but it just felt like this was Nia's prom. Yeah, uh, it was. It wasn't very prettier, romantic. She had, she had the prettier dress. 100%. She got, she got the dress. Uh, no, she got the dress and then she got the dance. And I just was like, oh. <laughs> I feel bad for Kara. Like she didn't get that prom experience. Yeah, because that Nia and Brainy dance was very romantic and very sweet. And I was like, this is so cute. But you make a really solid point that like we did, we could have just as easily seen Kara and Kenny have like a little dance 
by themselves too. Like it was, you don't need the extras for that. They can, no. they can have their own romantic dance too. Kara was like, all right, well, I punched a meteor. I discovered kryptonite. I right at the timeline and uh, let's go have a shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was my only issue with uh, Nia's prom look. Uh, she did look very pretty. I just, I, I wish Kara had gotten some kind of nice i mean we spent two episodes on prom it's prom and prom again (laughs) prom night and prom (laughs) again and cara didn't really get that prom moment for herself so that's why i was a little disappointed but you make solid points about the dresses do you have any thoughts about the guys because the guys got dressed up kenny and a brainy did they both looked great. They both looked very pulled together. I like that. I like that Kenny got the little corsage and he, yeah. she had he had a little boutonniere. V- very classic. Uh, I thought I thought that they both looked good. They both looked very prom appropriate. Yes, prom appropriate even. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought they both looked very dashing. I was as, wasn't as crazy about Brady's suit because it had like the white stuff with I don't know if he had a tie or a bow tie or not. I I don't know. I was I I liked Kenny's classic. Uh, classic tux. I thought that was very nice. Yeah, Kenny played it safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very safe with his choice. But uh, I think those were all of the the looks from prom. Yeah, I, don't I think, think so. I don't, I don't know if we want to hit uh, any other characters. I guess we're, I guess we're just going to stick with the prom looks. Uh, I think the prom. I think there was like some yeah. prom fashion. We just we needed to get into. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll wrap us up for uh, boardroom or ballroom. And this has been Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what our listeners had to say about prom again. Prom again. Uh, so our first tweet is from Claudia, uh, 2633 uh, Now this episode was excellent. Last week, the episode vibe felt very ADHD. Yeah, I can't speak. ADHD, and that was very off-putting to me. This week, it was very focused and concise, and time was given to the characters to connect in an unrushed manner. Love it. Can't wait for next week. Uh, at Olin Samuel said, loved all the character moments. This show is at its best when it pauses on them. Maybe one of these days it'll even do it on Kara herself. We already knew, <laughs> right? What a concept. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we already knew how good the younger sisters were. Well, Cat Grant nailed it too. Bravo, that casting. Kara being a Monty Pythons fan, A+. Uh, at Electra WWF said the Danvers sisters couch scene moved to the car. I want Candy to come back in the present now. What random new power will we see from Nia? Deuce X Machina Nia. Uh, <laughs> I, that's couldn't. pretty good. I that's tried a, my best. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid pun, though. The it was. It was a Machania. solid Machania. Uh Next week. I kind of wanted to see Brainy's Glee Club debut. Uh, ugh, those cringy blue aliens why uh at am <laughs> underscore grout said nia has the ability to incapacitate incapacitate supergirl with her sleepy time tea power or whatever that was good question uh at frank tall inverter said another amazing episode midvale has been responsible for some of the series greatest make midvale a series happen uh Isabella has rightfully taken her place with Helen, Laura, and Melissa as the Supergirls of Earth Prime. I've seen I've seen a couple people say like I would watch a Midvale spinoff. 
Uh, I think that's one of our snap judgments. So we, Ooh, we, can, okay, we, can, we'll we, can, we can talk, we can talk about that. <laughs> At SL Fricky said, what is Cara's prom dress made of that it doesn't even get stained when hitting a comet head on? Maybe Wynn should have looked into that material instead of force field belts. Do you think there's a chance the present got altered a little so they work at Kenny Co. magazine now? <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing. Kenny like just like comes in and is like, hey, sorry about all that VR mess last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bad at product launches. <laughs> Poor Kenny. Uh, at Brooklyn underscore biker says the episode was enjoyable on the strength of performance of young Kara and Alex, as well as Brain and Nia. Supergirl is the one show that I wish I could get into the writer's room and smack them all upside the head for all the logical inconsistencies and ignoring continuity. Continuity is what you want it to be. Though. <laughs> That's what I've learned on this show. <laughs> Listen, just create a huge, massive uh, earth-changing event, and then your continuity is whatever, whatever you want. feel, is what you feel in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> continuity is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> um, at one creative underscore name said, these two Midvale episodes were amazing. Funny, action-packed, character-driven, and actually included including Kara. I also love the focus on Brainy Nia. I think that this proves that fewer characters can really make a difference. Maybe there is hope for this show yet. Um, at DJ Writer said, fabulous episode. Kudos to Kyla Lee for knocking it out of the park in her directorial debut. Um, at Senior Kent underscore said, it could have had better writing. Um, that is concise and to the point, and I can't disagree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Kenny Crowley said, a great episode of Supergirl. Amazing scenes with young Cara, young Alex, Nia, Brainy, and Kenny. Super job of directing by Kyler Lee. Uh, at Hickey Devin said, more of this mediocre final season we've seen so far. To be honest, the young cast has done well, but I'm not here for them. Brainia were cute, though. Kyler was competent as a director. Uh, at tone underscore ring said, so Nia is now so powerful, she can incapacitate a Kryptonian weakened by kryptonite, maybe, but is Nia really that powerful? When young Kara was injured and said she just needed sunlight, all I could think of was, if only someone had some grass. Hashtag take the grass. <laughs> uh, at Willie Belcher 6 said, I don't know how people are enjoying this. <laughs> Which, strong out of the gate. Uh, to me, <laughs> so brutal. To me, it's just boring. That's why I haven't watched one episode this season well then how did you know it was boring all right uh, <laughs> willie i've got i've got some questions about your logic <laughs> <laughs> gotta give it a shot at least how do you know unless you try the, this cast is too talented to be on the cw network especially melissa and kyler well that uh, they, i kind of agree we, with. we can agree disagree with you there they're <laughs> they're top notch <laughs> um this is one that I never know how to pronounce correctly. Dr. Uh, Oso Phila Lady Nicole, Nicole will have to let us know how to pronounce her uh, her, her Twitter username correctly. <laughs> Sorry, this, is this is basically from Nicole. Um, if you fed an AI thousands of minutes of present day Danvers sisters and then instructed it to 3D print a younger version of each, 
you would get Isabella and Olivia. <laughs> it's so true. It's kind of spooky. It, it, it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, at Jen underscore uh, uh, Mick F3 said the resemblance between Isabella and Melissa Benoist and Olivia and Kyler is uncanny. Young Alex's voice got higher when she answered her mom's call, which was so much like Kyler. And when Cara took her glasses off, her facial expression matched Melissa's. On the wardrobe side, Alex wore a very similar jacket in season three, episode 19 to Cat Grant's in this episode that costs more than your monthly salary. <laughs> well, well, listen, uh, she was investing that DEO, those DEO dollars well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this brings up a good point about uh, Alex's mom. We never saw Eliza in these episodes. We did. And we, she was, she was spoken about. She was on a, a telephone call, but we never saw her. Alex pretended to be her. Alex uh, did pretend that we, I mean, in some ways we did see her. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little disappointed we did get. I hope we get some Helen Slater in the final season of of Supergirl. Me but, too. Um, not not yet. All right. Well, we have an email from Kaylee, our MFT grad student, who writes, "Quote: I'm so proud of Brainy for crying. He did cry in this episode. Yeah, he However, did." However, I would like to challenge his belief in negative emotions. Mad, sad, glad, and scared are all too complicated to be placed on a uh, dichotomous scale of good or bad. <laughs> all emotions serve a purpose in our systems. Our behavior based on emotions can do, e uh, do good or evil. Between feeling an emotion and acting on an emotion, we have a choice. We can choose to share and express emotion in a helpful way, or we can express an emotion in a harmful way. Seems to me that Brainy has learned this lesson, unquote. Yeah, that's true. I love that we have somebody to write in about their emotional states now. So yeah, I, I enjoyed Brainy bringing up the nine to five again, because I recently uh, this week uh, sort of tried to play nine to five on the ukulele. Uh, so that was kind of no way you should have recorded that. <laughs> I, I tried. It was not successful. That would have like, been some quality Instagram content. <laughs> I don't I don't think I, I don't think I'm ready for nine to five yet. I'm still working on, you know, Michael rode the boat ashore and um, and things like that. I, I'm not I'm not ready for Dolly Parton yet. I think you've got a goal, though. I think you got a goal in sight. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely setting that as a, uh, uh, a level to get to. <laughs> um, Marissa wrote in to say, while watching this episode, I had one main thought: when Cara couldn't get the utility closet door open, and Alex looked at the rose sitting on the couch, I 100% thought she was going to scream, "Take the rose!" and Cara, <laughs> and Cara would magically be healed from the kryptonite poisoning. Did anyone else's brain go go there? Did you think about that? I did not, but I love this. I, well, when she was talking about the rose, I thought, like, again, because I'm a huge dweeb, I thought she, they were going to go like a tuxedo mask from Sailor Moon direction. They were just going to throw the rose at the door. <laughs> and then it would just bounce off and be useless, uh, much, much like must, most of tuxedo mask. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't think of the rose to further like take the grass moment. But that would have been amazing. What, would it work, though? I, I know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it would have to be connected to a like a plant source. Like yeah, because it's not like it, a. Hmm. I don't think it's. We've got know. some questions about. <laughs> <laughs> Could, would it still be effective? Kryptonian power sources. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Daryl wrote in to ask, quote, where is Clark when you need him? I mean, seriously, the one thing in the universe that can hurt Kara and he never tells her about it. This is actually the second time they have contradicted what Kara said in season one, episode two, about never experiencing kryptonite before. The first time being when they gave her that line about dealing with kryptonite for the past 15 years when Red Daughter <laughs> came at her with it in season four, episode 21, unquote. I had forgotten about that with the Red Daughter situation, but they did contradict themselves uh with red daughter so they they can't keep track of when Kara has uh first encountered kryptonite but you know what's great rebecca is that they don't need to anymore I mean, it's what they need to Post crisis, nothing's real. <laughs> nothing's real, but everything's real. <laughs> um, oh, Nicole has an answer about she oh. says the cells in the rose would have to be living still to have a photosynthetic capacity, although reverse reverse photosynthesis and photo. Oh, god, Nicole, hey, Nicole these are some big come words. on. Uh, was that photo nuclei effect yes. is something I don't fully understand. I don't even fully understand how to say that word. <laughs> Photosynthetic. That is a very, Ooh. very uh, big uh, $10 word. That um, is a tongue twister. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for that information uh, following up on that question. So Susan sent us an email to say, while I thoroughly enjoyed the podcast last week, I must disagree with your criticism of the Brenda, uh, Brandon and Brenda 90210 shout out. All right. All right, let's get into this. Given the, <laughs> given, the, given the rest of the timeline failures, I can see how this might have seemed like another one. But Beverly Hills 90210 was at the height of popularity in the early 90s. That is the time frame during which people named their kids after characters. Assuming that happened, then Brenda and Brandon would be the perfect names for high schooler-aged kids in 2009. Indeed, my nephew Brandon, who my sister-in-law insists she did not name after the character, even though we all know she did, <laughs> was in high school in 2009. Just saying. What I like about this email is that uh, is that <laughs> she schooled us on this, but she also blew up her sister-in-law's spot <laughs> very thoroughly. <laughs> this is actually a really good point. And I also noticed that in our live chat from last week, a listener named Baggy the Panther pointed out, uh, quote, is it the point that Car and Alex aren't supposed to get the reference, unquote? Uh, so I think those are some two solid uh, things to to throw a hole in our criticism of the 90210 <laughs> reference so uh noted and i think they're they're solid uh solid disagreements there i i love it i love i love everything about that email <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark sent an email saying, quote, even though the Cat Grant origin was contrived, I really enjoyed this episode. I like the way CJ uh, gave the stop beating yourself up speech to Kenny. It reminded me of some of her best moments in season one. And I have a hunch that even though Callista Flockhart isn't about to go through the hell and back that is how to travel to Canada <laughs> right now. And the show probably doesn't have the budget to set up a green screen in Zack Snyder's driveway. And, I, and I'll just stop here in case you don't understand that reference. Um, Zack Snyder actually shot uh some of I I don't know if he shot 
the nightmare stuff in his driveway, but he shot some Green Lantern stuff no. in his driveway <laughs> with like green screens and things like that. Um, that's so great. that came out recently. So that's what uh, Mark is talking about. Uh, so Mark continues on. The current writers were glad they got a chance to write Cat one last time. Now we'll see if the timeline changed enough that Catco has a pink Panther logo. <laughs> As for the rest of the episode, I love the kids as usual, but I'm not sure I'm on board with either of the spinoffs that have been banding about. Uh, banding, oh, that's tough to say. Bandied about. Ah, ooh, that is <laughs> little little Danvers or Brainy and Nia. But it was a fun way to get us through another episode without Melissa and not have it revolve around the main cast standing around and <laughs> talking in the tower. Also, we've talked about Kat building her massive empire in six years, but if Alex is barely in college herself, how does she have time in six years to become a doctor and a special ops agent and a lost girl who Jean has to rescue from the drunk take, unquote? <laughs> and I know that has been a source of um, frustration for Dr. Nicole Green about her timeline, about Alex's timeline. So uh, that's a solid question. <laughs> Alex's timeline is the thing that makes me laugh the most, I think. Just that, like, she had a lost period, but also somehow, like, got a PhD and was a special agent in the DEO all, she, in, she, all in six years. She picked herself up. She's hugely successful. She listen, she she packs a lot in. She's actually a, a type A personality. So when she's when she's going through a, a period, a, a dark period, she goes all the way but very quickly. And then, <laughs> and then her, straight back to that PhD <laughs> puts her mind to something. She goes after it. She gets it done. Um, uh, Ryan wrote in to say, really confused why Alex said that Eliza wanted pictures of Kara and Kenny before the dance, but then Kara and Kenny met at the dance. So I don't know when those pictures were taken. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> That's such a good question. Like it's stuff like this. It's got, I gotta say it's stuff like this that drives me crazy because the option to just not have that line in there and make us question things is really just available to them. <laughs> or you could have had Kenny meet Kara at the car and then Alex gets out, takes a picture because she had the camera. She had the camera and she's just she's just sitting in the parking lot of a high school dance taking pictures, which is, yes, a little creepy. <laughs> you <laughs> probably you could, could get arrested. Of? You could get arrested for that. <laughs> Alex, what are you taking pictures of? <laughs> she's like this, and she's aiming it at the sky, too, at one point. I'm like, Alex, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was weird because she was trying to take pictures of the, the stars in the sky, and I was like, her lens is not powerful no. enough for that i like have a camera to do like it with that. my cell phone it's, no. like, it's not gonna happen you need a very long telephoto lens for something like that so that is a, actually a really it's a small thing in the episode but a really good point so funny all right uh so alex wrote in to share some supergirl updates from legends of tomorrow i need you <laughs> i need your uh cor cor yes, corroboration on this i was gonna bring this up by the way but i'm glad that somebody else got to it okay so alex wrote in to say quote i watched the season premiere of legends of tomorrow last sunday the legends were trying to track aliens that abducted one of their members they immediately tried to contact alex danvers and the deo because of their experience with aliens only to find out that the deo was destroyed last january in that one 
one scene, the Legends of Tomorrow writers did more to promote Supergirl than the CW <laughs> Network has all year. Unquote. <laughs> so is is that uh, how it went down? So that's uh, basically exactly how it went down. So on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, plug plug. Um, but we do we do these like history segments because it's a time travel show, and sometimes they uh, deal with real historical characters, and so for this week's episode my goal my job was to give the history of the destruction of the deo and boy can i tell you i didn't remember and i had to like look up clips <laughs> i was like i know that it was like uh, let me tell you how thorough the legends episode was they were like um they try to call the D alex at the deo they mentioned that sarah lance and alex hooked up in Which the, was a while ago. In the crossover, Legends has a good memory, unlike some other shows uh, that we, <laughs> we may or may not be talking about. Uh, so they call, they try to call Alex at the DEO, and only to find out that the DEO is rubble. They show a picture of oh, the rubble, wow. a picture of the rubble, and they're like, "Sorry, the DEO is gone. It was destroyed by Rama Khan." <gasps> Did they mention Rama they Khan? They mentioned Rama Khan, and so I got to I got to dive into our 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 inside joke that Rama Khan is like on a porch somewhere sipping wine. That's amazing. Because <laughs> I had to explain how Rama Khan got into the DEO <laughs> to destroy the DEO. So oh, man, so amazing. legends did do more for uh to promote Supergirl than I've seen on the CW so far. Wow, Ramakan reference. That's awesome. You, you know they're throwing it back when they got my boy Ramakan in that there. Is, I'm so <laughs> glad you got to talk about that on another podcast. I was so excited. I was like, oh, please <laughs> give, give me that good, good Rama content. You know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, uh, Morgan, do you want to take us into the last email? Sure. Uh, Kanisha wrote in some thoughts on this week's episode saying, what I liked most about this episode is definitely the performances of young Kara, young Alex, and young Cat Grant. They've been so impressive portraying the young versions of their counterparts. I also hope that Kenny makes an appearance in the present. I think he's a sweet guy, and I'd rather see him be Kara's love interest than William, especially if it's not going to be Lena. On another note, here's something I found absolutely baffling. Why in the world was there a couch in that giant storage room full of cleaning supplies? Given that they're in a high school on prom night, I don't think I would have touched that couch. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's uh, we're we're not touching that subject uh, material. We're just <laughs> gonna leave the email. <laughs> we're we're just gonna leave that there. But uh, that was a really good big storage point. closet, wasn't it? It was like a huge storage closet. Uh, solid point though. Uh, but we'll we'll just kind of leave it as it is. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our emails. But uh, before we wrap up uh, our feedback, we're gonna get to some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments. Each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, we have a lot of snap judgments this week, so let's oh, my get God. <laughs> to them. All right, so this one is from at M uh, underscore grout. Who should be a recurring guest character on the show? Naxum Torx's giant projected floating head <laughs> or blazing eyes teenage Kara peeking through shrubbery? Morgan, what is your pick? It's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the one that didn't make me want to curl under a blanket and, and stop watching the show. And that's, 
And that's uh, teenage Kara, uh, her eyes, her blazing eyes peeking through the shrubbery. Oh, yeah. I want more uh, young Kara using her heat vision. I was into that. So that is my choice. Okay. We have some snap judgments from Ryan. The first one, would you rather get a Midvale spinoff show or a Brainy and Nia spinoff? So this is what uh, Mark was referencing Mm. in his email. So uh, if they were going to spin off a show from Supergirl, which one would you rather have? This is tough. This is tough because we get better opportunities with a Brainy and Nia spinoff to get some of the main cast like crossing over visiting. However, with the Midvale spinoff, we get more Kara and I, I'm here for Kara. I'm here for Supergirl. <laughs> so I'm going to go Midvale. Also, those actresses are crazy good. Yeah, I would rather have a Midvale series. Although with Brainy and Nia, you could probably get some Legion of Superheroes in there too. Ooh, that would be fun. But I think uh, I I would rather watch uh, a young Kara because then you could possibly get into her going to college. Maybe maybe, maybe the the spinoff is like the proposed uh, uh, spinoff for Veronica Mars where it was like she's (laughs) going to become an FBI agent. You could have Kara going to college. I love that. I I would watch... I would watch that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I would want a, uh, maybe not necessarily a Midvale show, but a National City University show. That's what, that's what I would kind of want. Uh, I would love that. But in, in the in uh, the game, I guess I'll pick Midvale spinoff show. All right, so the next one. Would you rather have uh, a, okay, so this is similar but different. Okay. W- would you rather have a Brainy and Nia spinoff or have Brainy and Nia join the Legends? Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think I kind of want Brainy and Neon Legends. I think selfishly, I want to steal them for my show. Um, I think that they would fit in really well on Legends because they can sometimes bring some like some comedy, but they've you know they've got emotions, and so I think that that would be a they'd be a good fit for Legends actually. Yeah, I agree. I think they uh, would be better uh, joining a cast of characters and having fun with the the legends of tomorrow instead of having because their their own show. I mean, they'd have to do a lot of work with the writers room to establish what that is and who <laughs> who, who you know who they interact with and what they do. I guess they could just be a time traveling duo. I don't know. They, I mean, they could just be going messing up. They could be messing up the timeline, and then legends could follow after them to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> they, why not just have them with the legends just? to make it a little easier. Uh, so you Andy, <laughs> Andy asks a good question here in the chat. Can legends afford their powers, though? The answer is no. They would never use their powers again, but you wouldn't even notice. You know what? You wouldn't <laughs> notice. You'd be like, you know, has a has a dreamer done anything with her dream energy lately? Like, no, they'd be like, no, no, no Nicole, just you're going to take a nap and then you're going to wake up and be like, by George, I've got it. <laughs> They're going to be like, who can stop this humongous Bebo? We really need somebody who's powerful enough that she can uh, stop a Kryptonian and a tidal wave. Oh, Nia can't do that. Uh, right She's like, oh, oh, no, 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 Nia's sleeping. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think they would work better on Legends, even if they can't afford their powers. I think Legends, from what I understand, because I don't watch the show, but from what I understand from people like you who are you fans. You do listen to the podcast. So. I do listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, and you all speak very highly of how uh i hate to use the word fun but like fun and relatively well written at least maybe yeah, better I mean, better a, than some other shows that's, that show is a an absolute fever dream but they uh, <laughs> they they managed to uh to 
like introduce new characters and like write characters pretty well where like you immediately start liking them. So I, I think that they would uh, they do really well with Brainy and Nia. Yeah. So if they were handled well, I think they could work. All right. So the last one is, would you rather we get young Cat Grant as a series regular for the last season or Callista Flockhart back for a small handful of episodes in the last season? I'm sorry, young Cat Grant was great. We gotta go, Calista. Gotta go. With, <laughs> I gotta go with the OG. <laughs> I was really impressed with Eliza Helm, and I read an article where it talked about she was a, a student of Second City, so she is oh, an improviser. Really? So nice. I that I was highly uh, impressed with Second City, home to uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Steve Carell. Uh, some really a really good company there. So I, I was impressed by that, but. <laughs> I think uh, Callista Flockhart, because we never got that payoff that she knew Kara uh, was Supergirl. No, we didn't. Kara, I mean, we we as the audience did, I guess, but Kara doesn't know that. And I kind of wish that there was a scene where Kara found that out. Uh, so I would like to see her, uh, Callista Flockhart, back. Okay, so we've got a couple snap judgments from Mark. Which spinoff would you prefer? So this is another spinoff uh, <laughs> question, but slightly different. Uh, Little Danvers with Young Car, Alex, and Kenny. So that's our cast for this mm -hmm. one. Or the continuing adventures of Brainy and Nia, which isn't the Legion of Superheroes. So this is just Brainy and Nia, uh, no time-traveling Legionnaires. Uh, so which one would you prefer? I'm going, I'm going Lil Danvers and I took out the two T's in that. So it's, it's <laughs> just, just L-I-L apostrophe, it's Lil Danvers and that's, <laughs> and that's their adventures around town. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the idea of putting Kenny in, in there is uh, pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I think I would, I think I would pick Lil Danvers too. All right. So the next one from Mark is what's your preferred romantic end game for Kara? Uh, oh, this no. Is, uh, <laughs> I'm scared. We, we, don't, we, we don't like to step into these waters, but I guess we'll do it for a snap judgment. Okay. So here are your options. Okay. Will, William, James, who shows up out of nowhere in the series finale. <laughs> so we could have James come back. Okay. Uh, another option is Kenny, who shows up out of nowhere in the series finale, played by Ross Butler. So oh, okay. Ross Butler uh, was in the Shazam movie. So a part oh. of the Shazam family. So, I'm, uh, oh, and he's in a, he's been in a bunch of stuff, it looks like. Oh, 13 Reasons Why and to all the boys I've loved before. He's been in a, he's got quite the filmography. Riverdale, Teen Wolf, some great, some great stuff on here. <laughs> <laughs> so highly acclaimed actor, Ross Butler. Okay. So we have William James Kinney played by Ross Butler. Love or it. on the couch. So this could be a romantic end game for Carr. Mm. Or on the couch with pot stickers and Turner Classic Movies resolve to find out what <laughs> else is out there. So those are your options. Mm hmm. Okay. This is tough. <laughs> this is tough. Because, okay, I am between two. The other two do not interest me in any way. Um, okay. <laughs> I am between Turner Classic Movies and pot stickers. Always a classic. And Kenny. Because Kenny really, he really won me over in this episode. He was, he was arguably the best love interest for her we've seen on screen presented as her love interest. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we just haven't gotten a lot of Kenny and we have gotten a lot of pot stickers, right? We, <laughs> well, pot stickers is well established. It goes way back. It, it goes around to the first season. We know she loves those pot stickers. She loves them. Those pot stickers aren't 
aren't just some lately things that showed up in the last season. It's not a one night flashback stand. episode. It's not a one night stand. She's in a committed relationship with those pot stickers. <laughs> so I'm going pot stickers. I just talked myself into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked Kitty a lot, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. But uh, I I love Turner classic movies, and uh, I think Cara does as well. She's a big fan. She's a big classic film fan. Her favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. Uh, I, I'm going to go uh, pot stickers and TCM on this one uh, because I think that is a good one. You can't go wrong with that, I don't think. Okay, and so Mark wanted us to ask the same question above, but add the words, which do you predict will happen? So mm. which of the which of those same options do you which think do will think? actually happen? Will right. William is her in game or James comes up out of nowhere? Kenny's played by Ross Butler or she uh, ends her romantic journey with uh, some pot stickers and TCM. Ooh, it's so hard to anticipate what these writers are going to do. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the Kenny thing feels like it's, they're trying to build something there, but it could be nothing, right? It could be nothing. I don't know. I just don't know. It's so hard to predict with this show. I want to say, I want to say I'm predicting, I'm going to go pot stickers even. I think I'm going to predict pot because <laughs> I just don't, I don't feel like they're committed to anything. I don't feel like they, they're excited about any of her options, honestly, like from the show, like the show is not giving me excitement for William, um, he's mad about TVs and stuff, but I'm, I'm not getting like, oh, really? Like they have underwritten that. If that's the relationship that's that she's going out on, they they don't care at all to write it. Yeah, I'm having to put myself in the the shoes of the writers of Supergirl on this one, and I actually am going to pick William because oh, no. I think I think what will actually happen is. Oh. It's not what I necessarily want to happen, but I think according to the writers of Supergirl, Carl's Supergirl is going to get out of the Phantom Zone and then they'll pick up the Williams stuff from there like nothing happened. I oh. think that's what I think that's what <laughs> I think that I mean, given everything that we know about how this show is written, you're not. I mean, I think that's is, gonna happen. The thing is, I don't think that you're wrong. That's <laughs> I think I think I answered, I think I answered with my heart and not my head on that one. <laughs> not my previous experience with this television show. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that's the right choice, but I think that's probably what is going to happen so if i had to predict something all right so strap in morgan we've got all three right. snap judgments from anna okay anna 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 <laughs> don't do it to us <laughs> <laughs> so all right the first one what do you miss more when kitty used to be dead or oh. <laughs> when red daughter tried to frame car for crimes of treason which so do you I, miss more? I see what you're doing there, Anna. Listen, <laughs> Anna, look at me. I see what you're doing. I see right through you. And also, I, I don't think that you're understanding how much I did love Red Daughter. So I'm going for <laughs> <laughs> I, I I miss her. She was she was plucky. I wanted to know more about her. We barely got any of her, and then they killed her. So yeah. let's let's go hang out with Red Daughter when she's underground punching some rocks. Let's punch rocks with her. Yeah, do you remember that episode when Red Daughter posed as Supergirl and she dropped down into the Oval Office and like killed a bunch of people? What happened to that show? That show was exciting. I mean, not what that a I time. Like, not that like I like Supergirl like kill the the image of Supergirl killing a bunch of people in the Oval Office, but they took a chance with that. That's like serious. But stuff was happening. Stuff was getting crazy. 
So I'm going to pick Red Daughter uh, framing her for treason because that was one of the times I was like, dang, they're like I taking was on this the- seriously. I was on the edge of my seat there. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was big stuff. So that's that's my choice on that one. OK, so the second one from Anna. If some Supergirl radio mm. listeners got kidnapped. Oh, no. OK. Oh, no, we don't want to kidnap Anna. <laughs> <laughs> so our listeners have gotten kidnapped by some blue evil aliens. What would we do? Okay. All right, here are our choices. Okay. <laughs> Become vigilantes and devote the rest of your lives to saving them. Or time travel to each of them and warn them to hide before the aliens show <laughs> up. So Anna, this is a good snap judgment. Okay. I'm thinking about it, but I feel like I feel like if I had the time travel option, that seems like the easiest one, right? That seems like the easier option. And it's less training. I don't need, I don't know that I really want to do a training montage. It's just not <laughs> my vibe. So I'm going, I'm going time travel. I'm probably gonna mess something up, but I feel like let's let's try it. I mean, after all of the time travel complaints we've had here lately, <laughs> I feel like we should pick that one. But I also like the idea, would we become vigilantes together? Could we like be Ooh, like- Ooh, that's fun though. I didn't know that we could do it as a team. <laughs> we could come up with our own names. Which one of us gets the blue eyeshadow? Oh, we have so many choices. <laughs> uh, so that's actually really tempting. But I think if we were going to be really smart and really want to- to save our super radio listeners, I think we should pick uh, the time travel option. <laughs> um, uh, if you would like to name our uh, vigilante duo, oh, please, I like it. <laughs> somebody, please let us know what our vigilantes would be called. Um, okay, so the final snap judgment from Anna. All right. Okay. Ooh, this is another tough one. This is very personal. Okay. Rebecca, Re- Rebecca or Morgan announces they have become an evil villain. Mm. Gasp. What, what <laughs> do you do? Give them a hope speech to try to snap them out of it or become an evil villain too because you could work as a team. Huh. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. So what I what I think is that Rebecca's too organized. Um, <laughs> and so I don't feel like I could stand against her is the thing. I think <laughs> that if Rebecca wanted to do uh, to become a, a, an evil genius, uh, I think that I personally would be doomed because I don't have that kind of like time management skills and stuff. <laughs> and we've all already established I'm not doing a montage to become a vigilante. It's not happening. So I would uh, I would immediately flip and join her team, I think. I think we would <laughs> just we would, just like pinky in the brain it. We, we just <laughs> we just we just go full evil. I would I would be the uh the, the Otis to her Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> See that's so funny you say that because I don't think I can give as good of a hope speech as you can. I think oh, you're that's really, touching. <laughs> I think I think you're really good at hope speeches. Uh so I don't think I, anything I would say would be uh, terrible and would not be able to, <laughs> to snap you back out of it. So I think I would have to join you. Maybe, maybe in working as an evil duo, maybe we could snap each other out of it. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I like it. And if not, we work great together, right? So I think we could accomplish some real evil goals together. Uh, let's hope none of, uh, neither of us turns evil because that could be dangerous. And listen, the thing is, we wouldn't be distracted by like trying to mess with one of our siblings because of a, you know, a horse-based grudge. So I think that we would just, we would just be off to the races. <laughs> uh, pun intended. Uh-huh. No judgments on your snap judgments. 
Okay, well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled Prom Again. Uh, So (laughs) we need to get to some Supergirl radio plugs, and I have not pulled them up, and I need to do that. Uh, I am trying to figure I'm going to, I'm going to vamp until I get it, but yeah, so we're going to get, we're going to get to some Supergirl radio and DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl radio. You can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts, radio public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure Shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. All right. Well, um, speaking of DCTV Podcasts, uh, T Public Store, if you're interested, we do have some uh, Cat Grant designs in the store. Ooh. We've got to keep, keep calm and chop, chop. <laughs> and uh, we've got some CatCo, a lot of uh, variations on the CatCo Worldwide Media uh, design and logo. I don't know if that will change now that CJ Grant <laughs> has become. <laughs> we need to get one with the, the big pink cat on it. I think now. Ooh, that's a really good idea. Uh, what what does she say? Uh, I, for, I forget what she says into the phone, but maybe we could put that on, or maybe just maybe just the pink cougar, just maybe, the pink cougar, and like Catco. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'll we'll work on something. That's a good idea. Or maybe the Our, the alternate reality one, Kenny Co. What's <laughs> <laughs> we'll design a logo for Kenny Co. Uh, maybe that could be something that we do um, uh, it, during the hiatus. Maybe maybe uh, we could get some artists on here and like pitch ideas and like see them draw in real time Ooh. and like how. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll think on that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> we've got time now. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got three months to do whatever we want. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> so we will uh, give that some thought. All right. Well, we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors, which are our uh, supporters of our Supergirl Radio Patreon. So if you would also like to become a a legion of super sponsor uh or one of our various uh levels we have four levels of the patreon so you can uh, go to patreon.com slash supergirl radio and check that out we have monthly levels that get you some cool stuff uh, uh 
the Legion of Super Sponsors. Uh, we need to read their names and give them some credit. So that's Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, uh, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, uh, Nicole, I said Nicole like Nicola. It's a different thing. Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Susan, and EH. So thank you all for uh, sponsoring Supergirl Radio and keeping the lights on with our fees and such. And uh, it allows us to do some really cool stuff like giveaways uh, for you all as well. So um, thank you for doing that. And we'll have we'll have some uh, stuff coming up uh, from my trip to Hawaii. And we'll have some, we're, we're getting close to doing another uh, review that we need oh, uh, yeah. one of our quarterly reviews. So we'll have that Ooh. for the, uh, the, the $5, um, uh, uh, Patreon supporters, the ACE reporters. So we'll have that coming up as well. So thank you all for contributing. That's exciting. And as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography contest. So to enter, you just download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes or in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right side of supergirlradio.com. So lots of different places. Then you cut out flat Supergirl's image. Then you attach her with tape or glue, cut to the cutout to a popsicle stick, a pen, a pencil, whatever you want, really. And then you just take some creative pictures with Flat Supergirl, you know, out and about. It can be a selfie, but it doesn't have to be. Flat Supergirl can go on adventures with you. And then once you do, post those pictures, as many as you like, and in as many places, to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and tag at Supergirl Radio. And you can also use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yes. And uh, I have I have to say, I have to confess, um, I don't know where my flat Supergirl is anymore. Oh, no. Had, what happened to we've, her? <laughs> we've, we've, had, we've had to pack up several times, go to different <laughs> islands. And I'm like, I don't know where she is anymore. What did I do with her? So, Supergirl, um, where are you? <laughs> so I'm going to have to print out a new one when I get home. I was going to so take her all night. Somebody is going to be like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> she's gonna like float on the breeze or something to somebody. She's gonna roll up on a beach somewhere. It's uh, you know what? In my mind, it's like somebody sitting on the beach. They're really sad. They're having a bad day. They're like, if only I I had something, something to give me hope. And then in flutters <laughs> a flat Supergirl <laughs> to the rescue. Uh, if if that's where she is, uh, I would be happy about that. Uh, so <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was like, I can't find her i don't know where she is uh but we'll uh, we'll maybe hopefully find her uh as i pack up here she's having uh, a tough she's having <laughs> a tough time right she's lost in the phantom zone she's lost in hawaii <laughs> she's lost in my suitcase probably somewhere <laughs> uh, i'll find her eventually um but in the meantime you can find me on instagram at the derby kid and i have a, a youtube channel which i uh here's my uh, my instagram if you'd like to follow me i've been posting some pictures from my uh oh, they hawaiian look so adventures. nice uh, yeah, I had, I've had some pretty good uh, photography uh, opportunities here lately. So that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I'm trying to generate some more content there, uh, but just uh, hang out there with me until I get back and uh, we'll, we'll get some more things going there. So if you want to give that a subscribe, uh, I am also, oh, got so many banners and things. Um, <laughs> 
I'm also a voice on The Fakest, and Morgan is also a voice yep. on The Fakest as well. So you can find that at thefakest.com. You can also subscribe to that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's about to wrap up The Fakest. Final it's- season of Supergirl, final season of The Fakest. It's all coming to an end. <laughs> well, we're saying goodbye to a lot of our things, um, which is sad. It's a little bittersweet. But uh, The Fakest goes out on a really a really high note. So uh, I think uh, you will enjoy listening to it because uh, it's very, very funny. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, go go back and listen to the the whole thing. You can go start back at season one and uh, season two and catch up. It's only three seasons. So it's a very easy listen. So definitely check out the Vegas. And I guess I haven't been able to contribute to Justice League Universe a podcast while I've been in Hawaii, but uh, I also want to give them a shout out because they do a lot of good work analyzing the DCEU films. Uh, I'll be uh, getting back into that when I get home, <laughs> when I actually have some time to review the scenes. Um, but uh, if you want to check out some of that, uh, check out the Justice League Universe podcast. I feel very special that this is the podcast that you chose to do from your vacation in paradise. <laughs> That's Rebecca. No problem. Um, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on DCTV After Dark and also on the um, Legends of Tomorrow podcast where we did talk about the the DEO, the destruction of the DEO and and. Uh, all of our favorites, uh, Ramakan. Ramakan. I'm, I haven't caught up on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, so I need to get to that episode to listen to the Ramakan mention. I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope I did. I hope I did as proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you did. Your your um, enthusiasm for Ramakan is mostly unparalleled. I, I would say it's, it's true. It's true. I, I think that I am probably Ramakan's biggest fan. I, I don't <laughs> know that there's a lot of competition for that for me. Uh, I, I got to get those playing cards with Ramakan. Like, oh my gosh, the we, we got to hit up that prop master and be like, please just sl- slip me those Rama cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. We should reach out to him during our hi- hi- hiatus. And uh, like, see. I know you don't need those anymore, <laughs> but apparently, I need them very much. Who's really gonna enjoy them more than someone on this podcast? <laughs> I don't think anyone. So maybe we can convince him to do that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, it's not about how intense your your adventures are. It's about who you have. Yeah. Who you have them with. Oh my God. But let's try that again. You want to try let's, that again? I think we must take it from the top. <laughs> let's, let's see if we that can do that. Horrible. Take two. We both screwed that up. Okay. It's a lot of words. And remember, it's not about how intense your adventures are, it's about who you have them with. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.